Humans, Andalites, Yerks, hork and Taxons, if you manage to find some earbuds, welcome to the Wonder Yerks for all your animals rereading and eventual rewatching needs. I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. I'm Sada. Holy shit. <laughs> Suds with bugs. Crisp. I got it. Yeah, fucking grip it and rip it. I, I've moved rooms. My roommate left, and uh, his room was bigger than mine, so I've taken it. Um, I've got a desk. I'm sitting at a desk. I've got a huge iced tea. This is, I'm trying to bring a new energy to the pod. <laughs> I, I feel it. You feel stronger. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting up straight. I'm not like in, I'm not sort of a circle in my bed. My posture is so bad that when I'm recording, usually I'm basically folded in half and I would describe myself as sitting up, but I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little panini and that's not good for your, your spine. So I'm no. sitting, I'm sitting, I wouldn't say I'm sitting up exactly. My back is not technically touching the back of the chair, but I'm at a desk, got a iced tea the size of my entire own head. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. It's, it's a Monday. It's 930. I'm gonna, oh, this probably have, has, has caffeine in it. Fuck. Sorry. I'm also <laughs> turning 29 in a month and I've noticed that I got to be careful about my caffeine intake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm experiencing like the slightly younger version of that in which I had a cup noodle today and immediately felt it on my body and was like, oh, I can't feed myself this stuff anymore. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. My hangovers last like 40 hours now. No. It's pretty I, sick. Uh, yeah, I'm, I am, uh, I, I don't have the caffeine issues, but I do have those, uh, those tummy troubles that you're talking about, Blair, with the, mm -hmm. like, if, if I, like, I used to be able to make it, like, four days without eating, like, a fruit or vegetable, and I'd be, like, Gucci, but, like, now if I go, like, 12 hours without, like, taking a bite out of an onion, my stomach explodes. Yeah. Right. I, I immediately ate a pear after I had that cup noodle because I'm like, I need to balance this out karmically within my body. One of the most annoying things about starting to live like in a more like healthy and nourishful way, you know, like I uh, is that you can't go back to the other one because your body's mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. What the f it's like when you're being really good at being hydrated and then one day you drink slightly less water and your body's like, I'm dying. <laughs> It's and it's like, did I, I used to feel like this all the time and I just didn't know? <laughs> um, God, no, you're so right. Because um, now I'm just thinking about the fact that the only thing I've really had to drink today is a 16-ounce sugar-free Red Bull. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oops. Whoops. And then I had a bunch of pistachios, so I'm doing pretty good, I think. That's, uh, that is one of the most vegan days I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a question. So, um, is what is taurine? And also, <laughs> I was thinking about this today. I was like looking at it, and I'm it's, like, it's so, so. it's it's a it's an herbal supplement that turns you into a centaur. And I don't I, think that's true. I I, I think that it, I think it only does it in like like you know how you you have to eat like a shitload of bananas to die of radiation. Uh huh. Like you have to you have to you have to imbibe a shitload of taurine before you turn into a centaur. I guess what I'm asking is like, you know how like you would think gelatin is not animal product, but it is. Is yeah. taurine actually animal product? Uh, there is synthetic taurine, but it is okay. not found in plant matter. Okay. Uh, I, I think, mean, that's fine. <laughs> I, I think everyone learned that uh, 
gelato is not uh, is not vegan after Scott Pilgrim vs. the World in 2007 took the world by storm. Right. Except that in the movie they changed it so that he was eating chicken. No, he no, no, no. They said they call him out for eating gelato and then call him out for eating chicken. Oh, because, right. Because they're like, you ate gelato on February 1st. He's like, gelato isn't vegan? And they're like, on this day, on February 12th, you ingested chicken parmesan. He like, there's a beat and he's like, Chicken isn't vegan. Hmm. I like literally just watched that scene two days ago, so it's fresh <laughs> in my mind. I'm currently Googling Red Bull. Uh, vegan. Yeah, the taurine in Red Bull and other energy drinks is synthesized and is therefore cool. vegan. This is, cool. this is why I can't. Oh, cool. The headline I clicked on was Does the taurine in Red Bull really come from bull semen? Sweet. It doesn't. Well, does it? Spoiler. Okay. Cool. Um, That's really nice to know. This is one of the reasons. Does, like, does, I does can't... regular taurine come from bull nut? It can. What? It can. Like, <laughs> okay. it's found in protein, you know? In, like, animal proteins, I guess. <laughs> um, so there's a certain subset of vegans who would prefer to not use that word for things that are not uh, created with the ethical intentions of veganism in mind. Like, they would they say, oh, if it isn't, like, purposefully vegan, then it's not vegan, it's just plant-based. Like, because there was no consideration of the politics. I can never get down with that because I could not in good conscience call Red Bull (laughs) (laughs) plant-based. Also, I don't think that's necessarily the dichotomy there because there's plenty of things that aren't animal product but also aren't plant-based that you can consume with your body. But that, yeah, but they would say, you know, it's not vegan, though, because it's not ethically <laughs> produced with that specific thing in mind. It's just one of those, God, it's one so of those many, things so that you read about. So many schisms of veganism. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to exist. <laughs> you know? The, Period. Like, when I, when I first moved, I, because one of my roommates is vegan, and uh, when I moved in early on, um, I was... Uh, I don't remember exactly what the conversation, what the topic of conversation was, but I was like, "Hey, is honey vegan?" And they were like, "Depends who well, you ask." Yeah, that was their that was their response too. Yep. I think I asked you that exact question while you were visiting. Yep. Um, and you were like, "Yeah." I I'm still I've recently decided that I'm literally scared to say this on recording. <laughs> I've recently decided that I'm going to consume honey again, mm-hmm. um, sort of on a case by case basis, but like. Mm-hmm. There are some folks who would be really fucking angry with me for saying that. But the thing is, when you meet, it's it's much like any sort of social justice thing. Like, the people who are angry online are not uh, representative of what actual communities you interact with in the physical sphere are like. Right. Totally. Like, whereas totally. online, would be like, fucking die if you don't, if you eat honey. Whereas in real yeah. life, it'd just be like... I mean, I like, don't need. I, I, don't need I, this, but... I know a lot of vegans who will consume animal products if they're served them accidentally because, for environmental reasons, they think that food waste is pretty much as bad. Um, uh-huh. You know, yeah. and then there are a lot who won't, and I am generally the latter. Um, but part of that is just because I haven't eaten dairy in so long. I feel like I might have developed lactose intolerance, <laughs> and I'm, it's I'm super scared. possible. I'm scared uh, to I, go back. Like say, say that I, I stopped drinking milk for like six months and developed lactose intolerance. You're done. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me too. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was always fine. I'm surrounded by people who are lactose intolerant, but hilariously, I, the one who made the choice to no longer drink dairy, was always totally fine with it. I don't think that would be true anymore after a couple of years. No. <laughs> so the book, the Animorphs so, book, uh, Animorphs is, forty-five, the uh, the, the revelation. revelation. 
Um, this I is one of the ones that, one of my last ones that I actually have a physical copy of. I think I've got one more um, before we're done. So I've got some, some beautiful Anamorph ASMR. Um, oh, it's got Marco turning into an ant on the cover, which sure does. barely happens in this book. Right. I really <laughs> He doesn't even turn all the way into an ant in this book. He doesn't. I'm very, I guess that, you know, this isn't really a morph heavy book. No, it's not. As all things go. So I guess they just were like, what haven't we shown before? And I got to say, I do love it because we've just got Marco sort of standing and gazing. And then we've got him lifting his arms up like he's ready to fucking go. Yeah. There's yes. two arms underneath and he's got like fucking jaw, like protrusions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, the tagline is, sometimes there's no escape, even for the Animorphs. Which I would argue probably that the Animorphs have less escape than average people. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, even for the Animorphs, I think, like, the Animorphs never have any escape due to war, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 The inside cover... Oh, I can actually read this with just... The inside quote is, sometimes the truth won't set you free. <laughs> and I, I, I pulled up this... I pulled up Seropedia, like I always do for that, and uh, the... <laughs> The, the trivia bullet point for that is the inside cover quote is sometimes the truth won't set you free. This is a reference to the Bible verse John 8.32 and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it Seropedia? Uh, that is some oh, right, genius.com level <laughs> interpretation. Say that. Um, look on the inside cover and look at the speedometer specifically on, on the car on that inside cover. It's blurry. Do you see a cat? Because per the trivia, there should be a cat you should be able to see on that speedometer. Oh, totally. There is a cat. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. The inside cover is, I guess it must be Marco's dad driving with a can of Pepsi right beside him. And then Marco as an ant. And I think it's so funny. I posted a video of this on Twitter. But you know how the books have, like, the inside art and then they often, at least this, you know, this classic version of the covers, they have a little hole on the front cover that lets you see some of the inside cover art. This Uh hole is so small. It looks like a little hole punch because it's just an ant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's, it's. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you posted a video of it, and it's truly tremendous. Yeah. Um, God, they didn't need to do that, nope, but they did it but anyway. They did. So about <laughs> the title, the revelation. I guess this is talking from Marco's dad's perspective, right? Because Marco doesn't yeah. really learn anything new in this. No, not, not really, really. Um, but um, Marco's dad doesn't. I I just want to say I, I mentioned this to Blair before we started recording, but um, this is my favorite entry in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, per, per Seropedia, this is kicking off the endgame arc. Like, this is the final arc of the entire series that starts in this book. Yeah. Oh, you can feel it. Yeah. You can yeah. Totally feel it's, it. It's, it's... And it is... God, I really wish they just had not, like, completely... Fu- like, I wish they just hadn't had that Cassie book last week. Like, just... Yeah. I... I uh, yeah. I feel that. Like, it's, it's, or just, like, it's... swap that around with another, with, like, just swap that and another Cassie book around. Like, the 30s, the 30s were, like, full of just filler. Like, just put put that Cassie book in there. Right. Yeah, it, um... it's definitely a very different sense of momentum. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, this one is, yeah, so... I, I, I had this one as a kid. I liked it a lot. And it held up, like, like astoundingly well. We're coming back to it as an adult. If I may, because we did this 
last time and it feels like it kind of helps everything go a little bit more smoothly just gonna uh-huh. right up top sort of give a brief summary of the entire plot before we yes. get into it mm-hmm. essentially this book opens with marco's dad being like hey we discovered z space um and so he gets targeted to become a controller marco saves him and they fake their own deaths because the yurks are just constantly looking to kill or turn the marco's dad into a controller because he's such an important scientist and they find out that Marco's mom, Visser One, is going to be killed, and so they go to rescue her as well. And so now we have two adults living with the free hork who know the entire story of the Animorphs, yep. basically. And mm-hmm. that's, like, the, the chapters in which Marco is explaining everything to his dad in this book are, that is, like, distilled... Like everything has been like I mentioned this last week, but like whenever the animorphs interact with like non-animorphs, that's my favorite shit in the in all of these books. Like it was my favorite part of the book last week, like Cassie interacting with those uh, the indigenous Australian characters, or like that. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but when they went to the North Pole and interacted with that uh, uh, that um, I'm completely blanking on his name. The the was it the North Pole? It, um yeah yeah i think like so that was a marco book or even like that, or even in that tobias book a couple of weeks ago where he just like thought spoke to a dad who was looking for his kid totally. like it's it's my favorite thing and this is just like the this the mm, just <laughs> I operating like, in secrecy for so long. i felt a palpable sense of relief when marco told his dad what the Animorphs were and the fact that he is a child soldier in a war. Because I was like, finally an adult knows. Yeah. Oh my god, finally they have an adult they can turn to. And you could just kind of like feel, I mean, obviously it like ramped up the tension a lot, but like them just hanging out with all the chi, just like in the chi sanctuary and mm-hmm. like the adult being an adult and like trying to help things in an adult way. And I was like, thank god. Yeah. Yeah, legit. Um, and I, I, I mean, God, and it's it's like those interactions that Marco was having with his dad, like in in like the burger place and like in the car while he was like explaining the whole thing. Were like, I'm like, I, I it was like a level of maturity from Marco that you really don't ever see that like truly comes from this like sense of responsibility he has to his own dad right right um, and there, there are a couple of lines in here there are a couple of lines in here that i that i quoted like uh like marco says about jake at one point in his mind he was no longer a kid none of us were and then another point later on where he's like i wanted to pretend for a minute that a kid was all i was like this for a marco book this book is like this book has a severe dearth of like jokes and witty and like witty quips and it's just it's it's thematically consistent, I guess. Like, it's... These kids are just, like... These kids are fucked up. These kids are having to be the adults in the room. And, like, there's one moment when, like, Marco's dad tries to chime in with pitter-patter during, like, a war room meeting. Yeah. And Marco's just like, fucking seriously, dad? <laughs> one of the things I really liked in this book was how consistently Marco uh, expressed the desire to have someone else make all of his decisions yes. for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is really lovely because it's just him being like, I have to make too many awful choices all of the time and I don't want to do it anymore. He's just a little boy. He's literally just a little boy. And so uh, do we have a name for Marco's dad at all? 
Uh, Peter. It's Peter. not It's not mentioned in this book, but his name is Peter. Okay, so Peter and Nora, uh, Nora being the math teacher who is now Marco's stepmom, are so sweet and nerdy. They are. And I, I knew that something bad was going to happen to them. Yep. Because yep. they spend so much time up top being like, look how much these two love each other. They're just geeks in love talking about science and math. At one point, Marco's dad is like, we're going to try and talk to aliens. And Marco's like, uh, how can you? They don't know English. And then Marco's like, well, we could use music music, or the universal language, math. And looks at his like math teacher wife and they like make eyes at each other. It's so cute. <laughs> Sweet. I actually, I really loved the presence of the parents in this book. We also get yeah. a time when they're all meeting in the barn um, and Axe is in his Andalite form. Like he's in his, his he's not uh, morphed into a human. And Marco's like getting nervous and he's like, Cassie, are you sure we're safe? Like maybe we should be a little more discreet. And Cassie's like, are you kidding? A PBS documentary on lemurs? A dome ship could land on the lawn and my parents wouldn't notice. <laughs> I just love that all of the parents are such dorks. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. The, what, like my one of my favorite scenes of this book also is uh, when when um, uh, when Peter just fucking marks the fuck out when he sees the the chi like do their hologram technology. It's like it's oh fuck. So oh great. fuck. Or like when he's talking shop with Axe. Yeah. There is the moment where he's in hiding with the chi, and he's so nervous and overwhelmed because he's just learned that aliens are real and his child has killed a bunch of them. And he's like, oh, God, and robots, too? Ah. But then Eric does a hologram, and he's like, ooh, <laughs> and calms down. And he's like, yeah, you're going to have to tell then, me then, everything. And then he ends that chapter falling asleep in a field of uh, robot puppies. Yes. Oh, oh, so I love... Um, like, I, 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 in my head, the Chi are just like, you remember those robot dogs from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s? I know exactly the ones you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I had one. Totally. Like, like the ones that looked like they, they were they were like rendered for the N64. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they actually Anyways. still have versions of those. I've seen them at Best Buy. Oh, but they're yeah. but they're of course like Bluetooth. They've got oh, an yeah. app or whatever. <laughs> um So the mm. way that Marco's dad, the way that Peter gets called in so that he can be turned yeah. into a controller is so funny and terrible because like so they're all like trying to keep a watch on peter because they realize oh he's going to be turned into a controller and he gets a phone call and the person on the other line is like hey one of your coworkers died and his wife is real sad you know how you have dead wife maybe you can talk to her thanks and <laughs> I mean, I guess, but it's just, <laughs> and it works like, like he goes and obviously wants to help, but it's like really cool plan, Yerks. <laughs> yeah, very predicated on the fact that Peter was like just like still in that sleep stupor. Yes, I um, like, I think he is a he's a very brilliant math magician, not a very brilliant. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, like I I, I get that, like he doesn't like. If he was, he would never. He would not want to be suspect of something like that. Like he, he knows firsthand what it was like to. Oh, lose totally. Something. I think like the way that he's acting in this book retroactively makes uh, him so much more sad. Like, yes. Like we knew. Like it was. It was explicitly stated that his wife's death like completely fucked him up and made him just like a shell of who he was. And, mm-hmm. and that was already really sad, but seeing him now so open and in love again and so passionate makes it so much harder. Like, it, it really shows how affecting that must have been for Marco to see him, like, totally come alive again. 
Right. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, so Marco Ugh. finds him by, he goes to his dad's computer and he's like, and I looked, I, I need to find, it's, for, first of all, it's Yahoo it's Maps, Yahoo which Maps, is yes. very I, funny. I love this shout out so much. Like, it's, uh, here, it's, it's one of my favorite His computer things. screen was still up, no screensaver. At the bottom was a minimized, in quotations, window. The words Yahoo Maps written inside. I grabbed the mouse and clicked. <laughs> like, the, a minimized window. <laughs> it's so, like, you what know, the kids computers. are calling a window. Yeah, it's it's such is a this, like, Is uh, this the Windows 98 I've heard so much about? It must have been. <laughs> uh. Uh. Um, I, I, that's, that's, that detail that he like name drops Yahoo Maps is a thing that I like a lot. It's just like, it's just like mundanities in the face of like interacting with mundanities in the face of such like such high stakes things. There's Truly. a there's a couple of really funny brand name drops in here. Like when they're deciding that they're going to like Marco's dad and Axe are going to make this Z space yep. communicator. <laughs> Um, and Marco's dad is like, listen, they're not the type of parts you can just get at Radio Shack. And Axe is like, I love Radio Shack. And Marco's dad says, me too. <laughs> that, like, that exchange, specifically the, the Radio Shack line, uh-huh. like, that is a line that like buried itself in my brain. And, like, I, like, that is one that floats to the surface every couple of months if I think about animals. <laughs> like, ever since I read this book at age seven. I love Radio Shack. <laughs> How much did Radio Shack pay for that ad? I would love to know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, speaking of ads, ads, Seda, you you tweeted this, but like the opening of this book sounds like Marco doing a Hello Fresh. Oh my God, I I almost just want to read it because it's, and then go go into a Hello Fresh. He's like, my name is Marco and I'm to cuisine what Sammy Sosa is to baseball. When it's my night to make dinner, I don't order in. I don't crack open a can of Chef Boyardee and call that a meal, please. I go the extra mile. I use the oven. I know, you're saying to yourself, but Marco, man, you're fighting a war against alien invaders. You and your friends, you guys battle Yerks 24-7. How do you find the time to cook? It isn't easy, but with a little help from the folks at HelloFresh, I can figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's so funny. It's so so funny to me. And then, I mean, he's actually, he's just talking about making a frozen pizza, which is delightful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah. There, um, in one of those early chapters where, like, uh, so it's like the the first chapter was like Marco was just like making frozen pizza for Nora and Peter. That's so sweet. It is, and then Nora gets home and she's like, "You are the best stepson ever. Yeah. Oh, you made dinner." Um, but then the um, uh, uh, fucking Peter is like, "Hey, we, we discovered zero space." And my favorite thing is Marco is like going. Marco is fucking sticking his hand out way too far on this, trying to prod and make sure that his dad is not a Yerk. Yeah. Because, like, he is absolutely... And there's another name drop because he's like, hey, dad, that's five days. There's no uh, miracle grow for the plants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if Peter or Nora were Yerks, he would be dead. Like, instantly. Like, gone. Are those like, so, I've never over. heard of Red Baron Pizza. Uh, oh. It's a thing. Um, it's the only pizza that... My roommate Emily eats. <laughs> I think it might be American. I think it is. Exclusively. Um, <laughs> it is. Um, a ma- picture of frozen thin crust pizza in your brain. Okay. 
That's the Red Baron. That's Red Baron. <laughs> uh, now, now, imagine, now, ma- <laughs> now imagine the box has like a picture of a dude with a fun mustache and uh, like a flight help, like a flight, like a an, like a fucking like nineteen thirty flight Aviator, like goggles helmet. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a I'm, red scarf too. I'm just picturing Snoopy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you yeah. should just picture Snoopy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like doing this. <laughs> this is, a is this fun a fun activity. game for you? I love to picture Snoopy. Hey, I can see him right there. I'm going to Google Snoopy. You guys do whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, the, the chapter when Marco's dad gets kidnapped or and is almost taken, like, it's heart it's heart-wrenching because Marco is just like there's a paragraph of Marco just like saying some soldier shit to himself like you need to let this happen this yeah. is this sucks but you will get him back and then like the next thing he knows he is he has subconsciously morphed big Jim and is punching holes in the glass right it's yeah and it's so ominous because like before when they realized that that Peter's probably in trouble um Marco has a moment where he's like, Jake doesn't trust me to be objective when family's concerned. Well, I'll show him. And then immediately is like, ah, I fucked it up. <laughs> shit. He, he even realizes that in the moment he's like, oh, fuck. What the? Oh, God damn it. All right. Oh, well, I mean, I'm already in. So I guess like, <laughs> I love, I'm, going, I'm going to town. I might as well go into Lincoln. Yep. You know, I'm already here. Um, mm-hmm. When when he I came out to I came out to have a bad time and I'm honestly feeling very attacking right now. <laughs> That's every book. That's every it single is. book. When I when... want to have bad times and end up feeling very attacking. <laughs> There's a line that I think is is sort of a very loving self prod at the series because when Peter finds out about like Marco doesn't tell him that his mother is alive and has been turned into a visser until the very, very end of the story, basically. And Marco's like, there's something I didn't tell you. And Peter says, okay, let me guess. Visser 3 is your dad. Your mother's an Andalite. And it was like, oh, are you just making fun of the Tobias twist? It's <laughs> so goofy. Very, very similar energy to the um, the Ember Island Players episode of Avatar. Totally. Specifically, oh, specifically the scene that I'm thinking those. of is, is when they drop <laughs> when they drop like that thing on uh, on the, the jet, on jet, and Aang is like, did Jet just die? And Sokka's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's also Marco, like, Mar- oh, sorry, Peter, like, grabs a cigarette and lights it. And then Marco's yes. like, Dad, the fuck? You quit. But the way that this was, I, I think, he, I don't know if they were trying to avoid the word light or what it was because they already said lighter. But the, the sentence when he grabs a, a smoke is, he yep. stuck a cigarette in his mouth and made it burn. <laughs> That's true. Hold on, hold on. It's so flowery. Can you type that that line up for me? I I think I know the the, the voice I'm supposed to be reading that in. Okay, I really am hoping for some noir here. Damn it. I was hoping to catch you on thread. (laughs) Stuck a cigarette in his mouth and made it Yes! (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. Oh, I would love a noir episode of Animorphs. Oh, Oh, yes. I was... (laughs) They do enough time travel. Why can't they just go back to the 1940s and it's black and white? Oh my god, Rachel as like the you know legs all the way to the floor dame and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh no, oh no, you guys. I need so yeah good. because Marco's the detective and like Jake is his like right hand like his right hand man yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in 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 Marco's fantasy, obviously. Yes. Um, Tobias is like a, Tobias is like a, a like a I don't know like a pawn shop owner who's also a, who's also a fence for information. Oh my yeah. god. 
And Cassie, of course, is the obligatory inside man at the morgue or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yep, yep. <laughs> What's your favorite trope ever? I love that who, who trope so much. Who is Axe? Axe, I feel like... Some sort of like a, a rich, Axe, a rich Axe, young okay, man who's in trouble. Yeah. Or here's an alternate pitch. Janitor at a local speakeasy. <laughs> Um, I can't see X as a janitor. He has to be a fancy either. little boy. He yeah. is just, he's just a little Lord Fauntleroy of a man. He, he just He's found himself in some sort of legal trouble accidentally. Um, and he's very rich. And Marco's like, Oh, he's like, been ah. framed. He's, he's been the red framed. hair and he's been framed. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I love all um, of this. I think Marco writes noir AU friend fiction. <gasps> Um, autocorrect has changed Marco to Morocco a couple of times in my notes, which is very, very good to me. Oh boy. I love how annoyed Axe is at how, at, at humans having advanced technology. Like, he's like, no way humans did this. This must be Yerk interference. Yeah, he spends his entire book in denial about it. Yep. And even when they're like, hey, well, maybe we can make the zero space communicator ourselves like it must be made from stuff that was created on earth right it's not alien technology we made it here and axe is like i guess i guess it would be (laughs) (laughs) he's just like going down kicking and screaming because he doesn't want to there's so there's like some there's just a run of really good axe parts like when they go to the chi they like demorph in the backyard and Axe morphs his human form and they're going onto the patio and Axe is like, this is called a patio. (laughs) (laughs) And then like discovers Oreos and becomes covered in Oreo dust. And Marco's (laughs) like, sometimes it's easy to forget this boy is a warrior. And I was like, ah. The, I love him. My favorite, my favorite axe line of the book is when they get on the, 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 is it a blade ship? It's a blade ship, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. A bug, uh, they get on the bu- bug fighter? Is it a bug the, fighter? The bug, bug fighter, fighter. Yes, thank yeah. you. They get on the bug fighter and uh, Marco is like, Axe, do you have a single clue what you're doing? And Axe says, I, I now have several. I will need several more before I can pilot <laughs> yes. this craft effectively. Also, when Marco introduces Axe to Peter and is like, hey, remember my friend who you thought was super weird? Well, it's because he's an alien. Here <laughs> oh, he is. Okay. I gotta say, I the one thing that this book uh, was missing that I think I would have appreciated is like, I, I feel like this maybe and maybe it's just that she didn't want to maybe they just didn't want to explicate it or something. But do you remember like the the book where? Sorry, um, that's just my pills alarm. Do you remember the book where uh, Peter meets Axe and Axe is like, oh, I'm going to fart around this dude's computer. Boop, 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 Oh, shit. And then Peter comes back and is like, oh, fuck. What did you do? What the fuck did you This is like all the problems solved. Uh-huh. Like I was kind of expecting a tie-in from that to the, this Z-Space transponder that he – because the thing is that the reason that this is – the the Z-Space MacGuffin thing is that um, – it would uh, let them not only communicate with the Android homeworld, but also potentially let them intercept communications uh, from the Yurt Empire. Yeah. Which is what makes it so much more powerful than the Z-Space transponders that Axe is familiar with, which are just used as communication devices. Right. I mean, I I guess, yeah, it, it would have been kind of fun if they had explicitly pointed it out, but I, I like 
what they do with Axe and Peter's relationship. Like there's a yeah, there's same. a part where Axe has, you know, built something really magnificent and Cassie's like, Axe, good job. And instead of smiling at Cassie, Axe smiles at Peter. <laughs> it's, which is very sweet. Axe oh, is just Axe like, Are you my dad? They're all just looking for a dad. They really are Animorphs be looking for dads. <laughs> They, yeah, so, like, did she pretend to be Marco and his dad going on a surprise vacation? And I know it's not actually Marco and Peter, but it's such a lovely conversation where, like, they're like, oh, we're going on a vacation. And Marco's like, I want a jet ski. And his dad's like, they're really shitty for the environment. aren't? Don't you want to take care of the environment? And Marco's like, I want a jet ski. Yeah, he's like, no, he's like, I want to jump 15 feet off the waves uh-huh. with a cool jet ski, dad. So and then they I, get fucking blasted, and um, Mr. We we actually uh, his fate is left. His fate's not like mentioned, right? Like Mr. King is like pretty rough, pretty fucked up by this entire thing, and it's yeah. I guess it's it's implied it's that ambiguous. Eric Eric probably knows how to fix him, though it seems. And mm-hmm. I love yeah. love love the image of like this totally fucked up sparking android whose hologram things are also messed up so like weird chunks of him are just jumping around everywhere yeah it's such super a cool, cool image oh, and oh yeah. man it reminds me of like uh when marco's like flipping channels at a certain point he's like oh an old star trek episode oh a new star trek episode you know what my life's already pretty sci-fi so i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I think Jake asks them because they're like at this. Uh, they're they're like uh, they're at this. They're at Marco's house because they have to pretend to get killed by the controllers. Um, and Jake is like, "How are you guys gonna get home?" And Eric's like, "Uh, we'll just do a hog. I do a pretty good dump truck." Yes, it's like something <laughs> slow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, every th- time. Every oh, time on. Eric is in a book, I just realize how much I appreciate Eric as a character. So much. Eric Same. is so great. Um, it's, it, cause it's nice. Cause like there's, I feel like there was parts in this book where I like really appreciated the fact that he's like forever old, you know? Yes. Like he's just like forever years old. Um, at like, despite like, but having that sort of like joyfulness of like being sort of like kid aged. I don't know. He's just yeah. got like such, he's so, he's such a useful character and plot situation, so I always feel, like, relieved when he shows up anywhere. Oh, there's um, also such a prime example of good robot romance later, where um, Marco and Eric are, like, discussing logistics, and Eric's basically like, my program forbids me from violence, it doesn't forbid me from dying. And Marco says, well, I do. And I was like, ah, romance! <laughs> robot yeah, romance is oh. real! <laughs> yes. Um, there, there's another line around that. There's another line, like, right shortly after that, where, um, Marco's dad is, like, the, where the Radio Shack line happens, mm-hmm. and, uh, Marco, and, and he's, like, I, I, like, you can't buy this shit. I don't know what y'all are gonna do. And Marco's, like, oh, dad, 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 dad. <laughs> Burglary, in yep. the of justice and freedom, of course, mm-hmm. is among the great variety of talents the Animorphs possess. You want it, we can get it. 
um, <coughs> the gay do crime. But the um, crime. so we, Mr. King and uh, Mr. King and Eric uh, fake Marco and Peter's deaths. But um, and this is when a we we get confirmed that Nora, uh, Peter, uh, Marco's step Marco's um stepmom mm-hmm. has been uh taken by the controllers as he had feared. Yeah, and also Marco starts having a really hard time reconciling the fact that like he is dead to the world. And also that his father has moved on from his dead yeah. wife and is deep, deeply in love with a new woman. And there's Marco really struggles with the fact that he didn't let he didn't go back and save Nora because he was like, well, and I mean, it's it's partially just that it would be too dangerous, but also there's definitely a hint of like, well, but we're gonna rescue my mom and yeah, then like get the whole family we don't back need together. Nora around. <laughs> No, it yeah. is, and, and that, it, that, that culminates in a really rough ending to this book. Well, oh, it's, it's so tragic. Like it, it, it. Like I read that line, it fucking just. I felt like I'd been shot. Yeah. So, like at, uh, you know, as this all happens, Marco is sort of just leading his dad on this whole time. Like, oh no, they probably won't touch her. You know, she's gonna be at school yeah. all day. It's Specific- be okay. Specifically, she says she'll she'll be at school all day. They won't get her. I lied, which yeah. is that 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 like statement. End quote, I lied, is yeah. a classic way to just kill me instantly. Yeah, and then at the very end, Marco struggles with it for a moment, but then basically comes down to, just he just decides to do it. And he's like, well, you know, Dad, Nora might have been a controller the whole time because you're like a really important scientist and they uh, want to, they needed to throw her into your path so that they could keep an eye on you. And you like hear Peter's heartbreak. Yeah. It's so rough mm-hmm. it's just oh marco yeah oh th- oh my god the moment where um uh peter tries to like do like bring a little levity to what the war room meeting that you were mentioning is yeah. one of the sweetest things because it, it, so it says that like marco says like oh um chances are slim and his dad is like oh they're also pretty grim and that kind of thing and marco's like Dad, just because we always try to rhyme with each other for fun and bonding doesn't mean we're doing that now. And just like, just imagining them around the house together, like when it was just the two of them, always oh like God. rhyming with each other. What if they're doing the fucking, the, the Beastie Boys game? You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, totally. Yes. My name is Marco. I don't, uh, I, I didn't have anything. Yeah, well, you were so close. I, I was not is, remotely, but thank you. Rhyming is hard. Especially with Marco. My name is Marco. I make the cargo. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thanks. <laughs> We've got a real poet and artist in the room with us today. It's Gerald. I love El Porto. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, they like. They set a trap. Basically, they're like, "Well, we're gonna have to uh, requisition a bug fighter to get into the." York pool because they've definitely beefed security up and then they like just put Tobias Tobias just morks a morks morphs a hork major and puts his leg in a trap and then Tobias like calls in a Oh, I calls the police and is like, I yeah, found Marco, an alien. Marco calls the cops. Marco calls the cops and puts on his best southern draw. Like, hey, I don't know what's going on out here, man. Like, I, I'm just imagining like going full boomhauer into the mic, just like, and hey, so man, funny, I don't know what's going like, on here. Still in of... California, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know what's going on here. Just some uh, some uh, bugs happening and some kind of fucking blade happening. I don't know. It's got a lot of now. It's got a, uh, got a lot of dangerous. Seems kind of dangerous, but seems kind of stuck. Uh, I don't know what's going on here, man. Help, help oh me out God. here, man. Oh God, Bobby is an animorph. <laughs> Oh! Yeah. 
thank you for this gift that you've delivered unto us. Okay. Um, it's time for me to write my King of the Hill Animorphs AU fan fiction. Finally. Finally. Are there, are, hold on. Time. Are there enough kids? Are there enough kid main characters on King of the Hill? Because there's there is I there's Bobby. Two. There's Connie. I didn't really watch it. There's Bobby, there's Bobby there's and Connie. Connie for sure. Um, there is, uh, what's her name? The, the the blonde girl who's like a teenager. Oh God, like, what's her name? I can't do this. <laughs> starts with an L. I don't remember. And then there's uh, uh John Redcorn's son, whose name I can't yeah. remember. Joseph, I think. Yeah. So that's four. That's enough. That's. A- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like a. And then, a and then, game. And then Hank um, and Bob, and then a, Hank and Peggy. I have a game for you guys. Uh, give okay. me the dates that you think the most recent three king of the hill fan fictions were were published Um, i'm gonna say there's definitely one uh i'm gonna say the most recent one was december of last year okay so like december 2019 i'm gonna go i'm gonna go january of this year actually for the most recent one okay so you're both right in that the third most recent was published Christmas Eve 2019. The oh second most recent was published the end of January. And, and the, the most recent was, was yesterday. Okay. That is so fucking February good. 2. What's the, what's, can you give us a rundown? Like, do I, do I want to pop open AO3 and see what's up? Um, so it's called Nothing But Flowers. Uh, it is rated Nice. T. Okay. I love a Talking Heads reference. Um, <laughs> in the tags, it does say references to abuse. And uh-huh. the plot line summary is, Boomhauer was growing tired of his lifestyle. Leia came to Arlen in search of a new start. Auras, flowers, and cosmic alignment. Of course they fell in love. Wow. So. You know, I'm like so I happy for no the King of the Hill fan- fandom. Flowers. I know, man. Um, oh, and the one that was published on Christmas Eve is a crossover with, holy shit, Total Drama Island, Dan versus <laughs> King of the Hill, Rocky and Bullwinkle Show, Aeon Flux, 16, Uncle Grandpa, Mission Hill, Ruby Gloom, Codename Kids Next Door, Gravity Falls, Sheep in the Big City, League of Super Evil, Clone High, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Venture Bows, God the Devil, Bob, Evil Con, Carnate, Detention Air, South Park, and Fillmore. Yeah. Fillmore is the... <laughs> oh, and it's tagged for major, it's tagged for major character bullet. death. What was that? It's, ta- it's tagged for major character death. Okay. Oh, the uh, here, the fourth most recent one, and then I'll, you know, stop, is a has-been <laughs> hotel and King of the Hill crossover called The Man Who Put the Cock in Cockroach. It is rated E. Um... Okay, hold on. I just, I'm just curious what the most recent Animorphs fix. Because if the most recent anim, if the most, if the three most recent Animorphs fix are less recent than the most recent, uh, the three most recent fucking, um, King of the Hill. Yes, thank you. I completely forgot what words are. I took it. I took. I took some Nyquil. No, there was one yeah, published today. All right. Hell yep. yeah. <laughs> oh, and one published yesterday, and one published um, the day before. One of them. Two is published called... the day before. The actual version of Animorphs number thirty-seven. What was what was Animorphs thirty-seven? Um. Animorphs thirty-seven is. The weakness. That's the. Is that the? This is, is the one where they go one? to the news station. Oh, that one where they go to the news station. They think, oh shit, we killed a man. Mm. <laughs> Oops. Uh. I can't open AO3 or else I'll start reading fan fiction, yeah. like, for real. Yeah, gotta be careful. Um, 
So they break into the Yerk pool because bug fighters have a programming to just bring them home if the ship starts acting weird. And it turns out the Yerks have taken over a scuttled World War II battleship. Um, and then, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of fighting starts. Visser 1 is being publicly tortured. Um, I love the- Marco gets a line where uh, they, you know, they're... They've been scattered. They're all trying to escape, and he's lost sight of Rachel and Cassie. And so he hops into the bug fighter and is like, "Hey guys, let's cruise for some chicks. <laughs> Drink for compulsory I, heterosexuality." <laughs> I love him. I love him. I love him. Yeah. He's um, so stupid. I I I, uh, I really like the uh, whenever there's like a a like a vestige of like old like earth warfare that is used by yeah I mean, it's so it's so fucking cool and i wonder remember the i'm fucking, wondering like is okay i think th- sorry finish your thought oh i was just gonna say that I, I i i i'm sure there's a theme of some variety there but i'm not smart enough to know what it is i think you know maybe we'll talk about it at the end but my vote for most insane book of the entire series is still that one where they go and find the like inbreeding aliens who have a whole bunch of like scuttled ships yeah Yeah, i know i I think that's still a high point of just balls to the wall absurdity for this series yeah absolutely that that's where last that that is like amidst that amidst that book is where last time's cassie book belongs (laughs) yeah sure like like so we we get sandwiched between the tobias torture ptsd book and this book we got Cassie's fun outback adventure. Right. I did. I didn't write it down. She but did. I, like thought like, who? Hi. Uh, the 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 torture torture quotient has really gone up in the past twenty books or so. You know. There. Yeah. There. There is a line where Tobias talks. Where where um where they're trying to like save Visser One because they because um Visser One is being uh, executed as a traitor via Kendrona starvation. Mm-hmm. And there, Marco like tries to communicate with her because they infiltrate as Hork Bajir. And Tobias says something to the effects that, like, acts as they, they have no reason to believe that what she's saying is true. Why would she say the truth? And Tobias is like, I mean, sometimes you just say it because yeah. you, um, you torture. There's, when they, so they manage to, as they're trying to escape, Marco, like, grabs his mom and the yerk falls out of her ear. Um, and I, what, I, they end up killing the Yerk, and I'm very glad of that. I would have been really mad if they had moralized about it. Um, right. But Marco's mom, it justifiably, is, like, very passionate about killing this <laughs> this creature. Yeah, um, totally. And it's really unnerving Marco. Um, and I love that Marco's mom starts to squish it, but it's still alive, and then Marco's the one who ultimately kills it. Um, I'm just, I'm just so glad that they did that. I know that they had to partially just because if that Yerk got out, then the Animorphs are fucked. Like it, right? It, and well, you know? and especially because the thing is that like this, this, that, and that Yerk dying means that Visor Three is now the de facto leader of the invasion of Earth, and his like his, his plan from the start has been just like he wants to go full mask off on this invasion, just like in just like enslave hu- the human race by the by the billion, and like. Uh, Visser one strategy of slow assimilation was the only thing letting the guerrilla fighters of the Animorphs doing, like, uh, only, was the only thing that let them actually operate. Yeah, and I mean, Marco's mom pretty much confirms as much because she's, you know, uh, she's has a whole bunch of knowledge now. She's learned a lot. Um, and there d- is discussing later. She's like, nope, we're fucked. We're fucked. And Marco's like, 
Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Visser 3, by the way, his appearance in this book is so good. It's just like um, suddenly everybody's minds fill with, you know, psychic laughter. And then Visser 3 is there. And I just, I'm just, I picture like a spotlight on him and like clouds behind. <laughs> and he's just like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I love him so much. He, I love he, him so much. He is such a mega mind villain and I love him he for is. it. He is. Oh, and he f- does a new alien, yep. which has like huge black wings. Uh, it's described as a living stealth bomber, and it has a big mouth with a silver tongue and a bunch of teeth and then orange softball-shaped eyes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, Yeah, it's a big, scary flying thing called the Bievillard. It's a lot the of... The <laughs> Yeah, that's the best That's the best pronunciation I can yeah. use. It's a lot of consonants, as it usually is. <laughs> And um, it's from the planet oh. Ondar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got a fucking continuity continuity alert. Beep, 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 continuity alert. Uh, Big Jim rides again in this oh, book. Oh, yeah, sure does. For the second time, Big Jim drives a car. Oh, for the, second, for the second time, Big Jim drives a car at extremely high speeds on the thruway and yep. causes a car accident. Is this, I feel like Big, so Big Jim obviously drew, drove a car last book. I feel like he drove a car in the Tobias book too. Did he not? I don't remember that. I... But the the, the the big Jim uh, drive the big Jim driver school the the big Jim driver's ed moment I'm always thinking of is from the first Megamorphs book when he's just like in this shitty old pickup truck. He I'm yeah just, he drives I'm he just... drives car a lot. <laughs> I'm just glad he's driving more. I hope he gets his permit soon. Yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, I really appreciate the fact that Big Jim is getting name dropped a lot because I feel like we were not getting, we were like, we remember, we knew it was Big Jim, but I feel right. like Cap, I feel like Capplegate and her ghostwriters were not reminding of, reminding <laughs> us of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we get the fucking Rise of the Skywalker Chewy plot twist where Marco. Sees, oh my god, I thought. <laughs> yeah, Marco sees a ship explode and is like, "No, it's all my friends." And then they come, they arrive in another ship, and yeah, he's like, and "Oh." I, I do love the line. Of, I do love the line of Jake has. We're like, "What? You got an axe's flying skills? Come on, have a little faith." That's yeah, cool. I'm glad, but I, they did it. They got it over with really quickly, which I appreciate. Yeah. I had the same thought. Okay, the ship exploded, and I immediately had the same thought. Yep. I was like, "Oh, so." <laughs> I hate media. They're, 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 okay, so media this bad. is this not counting the last uh, Megamorphs that we have to do. This is the tenth to last book of Animorphs. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, we have we we. The thing is that like per per Wikipedia, which is the order we've been going with so far. Um. Uh, mm. n- n- what? I haven't. <laughs> what I mean in terms of like book in terms of like book order. I don't think so. I mean, it might be the same, but I've been, I haven't been looking at Wikipedia. Um, well, either way, uh, the the Wikipedia order, the Wikipedia ar- uh, order puts the Elemist Chronicles right before the very last book, and God, that's gonna be a rough month between reading <laughs> yeah. book fifty three and book fifty four. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but I mean, you can totally feel like I could, could totally feel like at the end of this book that like, yep, this is weird. Yeah. This is end game. This is like last movie. Um, totally. In like the there, there is not, there is not a zero, there is not a reset to zero at the end. Like there, like there tends to be. Yeah. Like, they, they th- basically, they, they create the communicator and then the very last thing that they do is 
contact the Andalites. Yes, and it's I, I like I was literally fucking like just shout yes yes because <laughs> the last line is like uh, we're we're actually like hey come in come in and they're like hey who is this what the fuck and uh, Jake is like oh say something and Axe is like no man this is you burned this, this. All you yeah and Jake's like this is this is Earth. Yep. Yeah. Did your copies have? I think I don't know if it might if it's just part of the preview, but it it has Jake saying, "This is Earth," he said, and then there's like a bunch of dashes, and then it says, "We do know who they are, and we know you too." Yeah, yeah. my is my copy the, has is that. Is that as the well. Andalites responding or? <laughs> I think that's just. Ominous. I think that's supposed to be like a a like a non diegetic stinger. Yeah. The next book is called The Deception. Mm-hmm. And the the PDF copy I have, and since it looks like it's scanned directly from the book oh, version, yeah. has the first, like, um, like couple pages of the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> the first of the um, next book. After this, we uh, we completely buck the chapter order we've been going with for forever. The character um, because, order? Yeah. yeah. And again, uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. Not saying it. Right. I forgot. Sorry. Um... The uh, well, well, to, last... uh, Seda, Seda, yeah. question. Uh-huh. When we, this is, so uh, I'm going to qualify this by saying this is not the last Marco book, but when we get to the last book fully narrated by a character, do you want to know? Um, not particularly. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Um, the last page of the book is an ad for uh, the Take control of the Anwars and two exciting new games for both your PC and Sony PlayStation co- game console. Oh my god. <laughs> know the secret wow. for PC. Help the Anwars stop, stop the Yurk invasion and defeat Visser 3 and his evil forces. And the one for PlayStation uh, game console, Shattered Reality. Visser 3 has found the power to warp reality. Only you and the Animorphs can restore the balance of time. That sounds pretty um, uh The Wonder Yurks let's play youtube channel where we play that game there's a video there is not a video there's a board game cafe in peterborough that has the animorphs board game apparently it's fucking awful you two need to come here and we need to film (laughs) an episode where we play it um i've said this to you before but definitely coming to canada has been is like one of my weird resolutions i have this year so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. I'm hoping in 2020 yes. we will all go to canada and get all of our tattoos done at the same place <laughs> sadacon 2020 Sadacon 2020. I, I am i my tech return is hitting soon and i am flush with tattoo ideas that i want to get done on my body and it is going to be agonizing to do none of them because I have to set that tattoo that tattoo money aside because I know I won't have any if I don't for when we do the anvil, <laughs> when we do the animorphs tattoo. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, well that's so, book pretty much. That is yeah, that is I, a book. Fucking good uh, end game book. coming, <laughs> forthcoming. Um, um, let me just do a quick check over my notes just to make sure there was nothing that I. Go, we're recording. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has her she has her weed bowl, so I know she's getting up to some nonsense. <laughs> I can't have her in this room right now. <laughs> uh, um, oh, oh yeah, okay. Um there was one line that I wanted to talk about before we send before we send this book off into the sunset that really fucking just stabbed me through the chest because it, it's Marco just like surveying the wreckage after uh, Eric and Mr. King faked his and Peter's deaths. 
And there is this picture of him, Peter, and Eva, uh, uh, Visser One, on a corkboard. And Marco goes to take it, and he stops himself because he knows it would arouse suspicion if anyone was to find any. Like, he's worried about it arousing suspicion, and he says, I had my memories. They would have to be enough. And mm-hmm. I have feelings. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's so weird that he's, like, dead. Like, he faked his death. I'm so I can't, excited I, by this plot twist. Like, like this me plot. Too. It's so good. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to, like, keep thinking about it. And I'm, like, so interested. In, uh, yeah, I'm just very interested. Um, I'm super excited. I'm super amped. Um, I love now, Animorphs. We now have two. Like, two of the team have now effectively socially died. Yeah. Like, Tobias as well. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, being Animorphs is hard. It sure is. <laughs> Sometimes there's no escape, even for them. <laughs> I guess. I, you know what? I think they're right. It's true. <laughs> oh, God. Well, this we, has been... We have a question. This has been fun, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, um, we do have a question. Yeah, well, yeah, let's get into them. Uh... Question, uh, I posted this week, the Wonder Yorks were sat down with Revelation. Ask us about keeping secrets from your dad, being too scared to be a kid anymore, and falling asleep in a, sleep, falling asleep in a sea of robot puppies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, so uh, Heavenly Evan wants to know, so what's everyone's opinion on this ending to Visitor 1 story, given how much focus and characterization she had been given previous to this? Um, yeah, I think that it's probably appropriate. She never really seemed keen on like retracting where she stood morally because mm. uh-huh. um, her end game was always take over like planet earth uh-huh. um, it was just like a different way of doing it that happened to be more convenient for the animorphs yeah the, um, the, the one regret the, oh, sorry Blair go on no I just I just feel like I'm like I think I think I'm I feel really I feel satisfied by her like character arc. Yeah. I felt like I I also do. I just wish that like she had got had like anything to say in this book. You know? I like what though? Like that's a good point. Like I don't know, it just feels weird for like someone who's been like a like second like a, a major villain in this plot thus far and the last time, when was the last time we heard her in? We heard from her firsthand in any capacity. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, it was whatever the last book she was in. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which is like, is that the one when? Is that the one when Marco tried to kill her and then didn't? I think, and then we got a, one after that where like they had a conversation. Like, yes. Um, it's. I mean, this book really wasn't about her though. It was about. Uh-huh. Marco's mom. Right. I mean, and like, I, I think that ultimately that's like the entire point of the character, right? So I think that um, I'm totally fine with her just getting squished and then Marco realizing that maybe his mom is not going to be who he remembered her being because she's been, uh, you know, enslaved for a little while. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Because I, yeah. I feel like that's ultimately what, like, the whole point of her so i feel i feel fine about it yeah, right that's fine that, that, yeah. that's fair yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i can i can get why people would feel like sold short on it but it it 
I, I feel like once we wrote, reached the point with Visser 1 that we did last time she was present, present where, like, she wasn't going to have some sort of grand revelation and she wasn't going to self-sacrifice in, like, the form of, like, a redemption arc or anything like that. Like, the plot just was not supporting that. Um, her arc had already ended last book, basically. So, last book she was in. Yeah. Um, and this just happened to be the final, like, the punctuation on that. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, that's cool. that question. <laughs> uh, um, so, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Wonder Years. If you would like to find more of us, you can check us out on Twitter, at The Wonder Years, and also... Uh, pay- Support I, our show on Patreon? Yeah, support our show on Patreon. Jeez, okay, the night pool's kicking in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I made it this far. Uh, support our show on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash fearbaiting supports both this and our sister podcast, Fearbaiting, which is coming back this week. So by the time you're hearing this, uh, this is going to be Friday when you're hearing this. So the coming Monday, we will have an episode out about Death Note. <laughs> because oh, fun. Because I'm just, I have thrown, we did a video game last, last time, we did a video game, like, before we went on hiatus last time, so, just fuck it, for, for like, it, it's horror now, it's horror yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, we're doing Death Note, the anime, uh, so tune in for that, we're back, baby. Um, uh, but yeah, patreon.com slash freebreading supports both those podcasts. One buck a month gets you early access, ten, five bucks a month gets you shoutouts and a short message to be read if you want to send that in. And 10 bucks a month gets you to demand that we watch a movie of your choice for fear baiting. So thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, and Ducky Aisha. We love you all very much. Uh, if you want to find more of me, like I just previously mentioned, fear baiting, I was on the two most recent episodes of podcast Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, with the, which is the leftism podcast by, for, and of the Terminally Online. Uh, I think we, we changed our format on there recently. I think it's pretty good. Give it a shot maybe if you haven't yet. Um, I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenia, and uh, thank you very much to Matt GameCube uh, for creating uh, Noise Space, which is where this uh, this fear baiting Henry Kissinger and all the other great podcasts that you know are hosted. Uh, each and every one of them, they're on Noise Space. Uh, if you like a podcast, thank you to there. me. You can find me on Twitter at Blair Kitsch. Um, <laughs> support me and just being me. Um, because you love me and you want to support me. That's true. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at nudity with an EA instead of a Y, and I also make a podcast called Music for Molehills, where I solve small problems with small songs at Musical Mole on Twitter, and you can find all of the uh, other music at gaygothvibes.online and pilotingtheanimal.bandcamp.com. It's all a cool where fun I time. Make, where I make sort of bleep bloopy poetry shit. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Wonder Year. So until next time, I'm Sarah. I have been Blair. I'm Seda. And remember, keep your hands on the Escafil device. Mm-hmm. Beep, 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 beep. That's us powering down. Yep. <laughs>